It's time now for our Big 12 breakdown, our look around the Big 12 conference where we break down the latest happenings uh, in this league. And uh, we begin each and every week with our hot takes. And Tom, we get plenty to discuss even with no Big 12 games going on this upcoming week. But now that we, we have a number of ways to go with it, whether you want to talk coaching change-wise, transfer portal, um, you know, the bowl situation, whatever, whatever it may be, Tom, the floor is yours. I'll begin with you. Where are you going to go to hot take-wise for Big 12 this week? I'm going to go to hot take where I know it the best. And if you listen all season, you'd probably say, well, Tom's probably going to Stillwater and you're pretty spot on. We know that Spencer Sanders is not returning to this Oklahoma State Cowboys team. Uh, We know that Trace Ford, probably, I don't know, maybe the best defensive player on the team. you know, you could you could throw around some different options on off on, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, he has also entered the transfer portal. You can look to some sort of uh, what's happening in Stillwater scandal when you talk about the younger Presley brother, Braylon Presley. Uh, also enter the transferring portal. You can you know there's there's several OSU players entering the transfer portal, um, but none other brought the attention to national media like Spencer Sanders saying, hey, I'm dipping out. Jones, hot take. Hot take. A lot of people in Stillwater, I think, wanted Cade McNamara. He ends up going to Iowa. Um, you know, you can you can do DJ from Clemson. You could, you could want that or you could say something like that. Um, for DJ... Ungalalalea, or however you pronounce his last name. I call him DJU. Um, Coming to Stillwater. Hot take here. And it, it might not be too much of a hot take. I'm not going big this week. I'm saying Hudson, Hudson Card coming to Payne County, coming to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Hudson Card, Texas Longhorns, played great when Quinn Ewers was, you know, out and out and done for, um, you know, did what he needed to do. I like Hudson, Hudson Card in the next two weeks to say he's coming to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Well, you uh, you must have been watching college football now by Chad Sports where uh, I listed Hudson Card's number one destination uh, as Oklahoma State uh, before Spencer Sanders entered the portal. So uh, with, with that – yeah, I think Hudson Carr is going to in Stillwater uh, when it's all said and done. But my hot take, I'll stick with the Cowboys as well, Tom. And I'll say this. They lost so much. And we've heard a lot over the last couple of days of how much Mike Gundy lost that locker room and lost the respect of those uh, in the locker room. And that, you know, Casey Dunn wasn't doing a good job, that Derek Mason wasn't doing a good job. I think next year is make or break for Mike Gundy. You cannot have this happen again. You can't have another seven-win season and half your roster walk out the door. That's not acceptable. Not acceptable. 
Mike Gundy has to go back into the portal and go get more talent, and they got to win more football games next year. Oklahoma State's got great facilities. They got a bright future in the Big 12 Conference as one of the flagship teams of the entire league now going forward. Um, but they can't settle to be content. This is a team that needs to be contending for conference titles every year. Seven wins should not be acceptable. Um, you know, they they I, I think it's this puts the pressure on. I, I man, I, I wish T Boone Pickens was still around for a lot of reasons. But oh, he'd have a fit. If T Boone would be if T Boone was around, they would have already hung Casey down outside the stadium. T Boone would have loved the NIL era and he would not have settled for what's going on in Stillwater right now. Yeah, Casey Dunn's gotta be done. And 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 you know, to be honest, that I think what hurts OSU the most. I think that's why Braylon Presley's gone. I think that's you know, well, Dominic Richardson, one of the running backs, is also hitting the transfer portal, but a lot of people are like, Oh, well, he can hit the transfer portal and that's you know, it's it's not it's it's not that the playing time and yada yada's being thrown around. Well, in, in terms of the running backs, Dominic Richardson's gone. He, he was a great running back, but Ollie Gordon, we saw what Ollie Good, Gordon could do, and and Dominic Richardson was going to take a back seat. Um, the def- defense worries me more. It also came out that, and I didn't know this either, um, Derek Mason was only on a one-year contract, so it'll be interesting to see what he wants to do his name got thrown around for Arizona State and a couple other jobs. I think even Stanford, he got thrown around in that head coaching job. Um, but we'll see what they do to extend him. But Jones, you know what? Even even um, the president of the university, Dr. Shrum, her husband even got into a little Twitter trouble um, in the Mason Cobb thing, you know, you know, if, if if you watch Big Twelve and you know who Mason Cobb is, linebacker for Oklahoma State, he entered the transfer portal. He was like one of the first dominoes to fall. Um, but there was a little background info on on Texas A and M essentially saying, "Hey, let's throw some money at you," and literally paid him to leave OSU. So it hasn't been formally announced, but. Everybody in the Big 12 expects Mason Cobb to go to AM. Um, so, you know, not only do you lose players because, hey, you're not throwing around money or Mike Gundy has lost the locker room, um, you're also losing players to other former Big 12 schools that are willing to throw money. So it, it's it's a weird time, Jones, in the NCAA. Um with the NIL going on to see how schools build up their NIL program. Um, right. they're, they're doing right now at OSU pokes with a purpose, trying to get fans to throw in $5 a month to, to you know, maybe even booster. It's, 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 you know, it's essentially boosters. It's right. like the – rather give money, though, Tom, uh, to KU's – NIL collective than I would to their, uh, you know, to the endowment going back to the students, whatever. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, money I wouldn't pay any. I, I'd pay $5 a month to fire Casey Dunn. See, 
if I'm going to throw money back to school, I'm buying players. I'm not wasting my time giving money to endowment. Yeah, that's fair too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State's in big turmoil right now. Things are in trouble with Mike Gundy that Oklahoma State program for sure uh, on that front. Uh, also on on the portal, um, something to look at there. Staying within the same state in Oklahoma. OU and Brent Venables, they've done a really good job. They've already had some nice pickups in the portal. They haven't lost a whole lot. They've made some positive gains. We know that they got a great recruiting class coming in. And similar to what I said with OSU, but different circumstances for OU here, we know that Brent Venables, in his year in Norman so far, Tom, He's proven the guy can recruit. He's a good salesman. I mean, he brings in, he's brought in some good high school talent, now some good kids in the transfer portal. He's a good salesman. But is he a good head coach? I don't know. In this, what the what this has done with the system where it's at now, you have 85 scholarships that you can use in any way you want in a year right now, where you can bring in as many transfer portal and as many high school players as you want, as long as you're, you cap it on at 85. Brent's done a good job finding talent, no question. But pressure's on in Norman now. Brent Venables, um, I think next year, realistically, anything less than 10 wins for that Oklahoma team is a failure, and that's an indictment directly on Brent Venables now. I mean, I can't say you're lying. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't say you're wrong. I mean, uh, you know, to be fair, Jones, a lot of the OU fans expected that this year, which was, un, you know, that that should never been expected. But I mean, you know, you terrible timing for Brent Venables of of his hiring and trying to recruit. There was no way he could have put together a good roster last year. But next I mean, year, no excuse. I mean, this year was for a lot of OU fans. They haven't seen this about a year since the 90s. A lot of OU fans have never seen this because they hadn't been born. But, you know, a lot of this year was copium. What I like, I love to call it copium. You know, you dealt with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley leaving and the roster being gutted. And then you had just copium of Dylan Gabriel being the second coming of fucking Sam Bradford, which was never going to happen. But you call it copium for a reason, you know. But you're absolutely right. Now, year under his belt, Brett Venables has to get it together. He's got the recruits. He's brought in some people. Um, anything less than 10 wins is a disappointment. I think anything less than eight or really you got to win nine. You got to win nine. If you lose, if you win eight or less, then is it grounds for a uh, firing? I, I don't know. It depends really who's available. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. Um, moving on from the transfer portal, one coaching change in the Big 12, and this still sounds even weird to say, in the Big 12. Um, Cincinnati hires Scott Satterfield from Louisville to be their new head coach replacing Luke Fickle. We talked on last week's show, Tom, 
that it was a huge loss for Cincinnati and for the new Big 12 to lose Luke Fickle, who is probably one of the top 10, 15 coaches in America to Wisconsin, that Cincinnati would let him go like that. But to replace him with Scott Satterfield, Satterfield hasn't done shit at Louisville. He hasn't done anything there. I mean, has he been bad? I mean, he hasn't necessarily been bad, but he hasn't been good either. He's just been mediocre, been average. Sure, he knows how to recruit the area, and he's been in the Power Five at Louisville. I get all that. But there was a lot of good candidates, and there was a lot of people interested in that Cincinnati job. And I thought Satterfield was closer to getting fired than getting another Power Five job. Um, Cincinnati, you just went to the playoff a year ago. You had a golden opportunity to build off of the success that was there from Luke Fickle. And personally, I think they blew it. I, I'd give this hi- this hiring an F, Tom. Who would you have gotten? Um, Right there within their own staff. I, I, I may have just promoted Mike Tressel, their DC, the nephew of Jim Tressel. Um, yeah. You know, that had been not bad. That would probably been better. I think even a trade, I think even bringing in Jim Leonard from Wisconsin would have been better. You know, I wouldn't argue with that either. Um, even Dion, I, I think if they would have offered I, more I don't know. I don't know if Dion would have. If they would have offered more money. Okay, here's a question. I also, heard, I also heard rumors rumors for Colorado to the Big 12 today. Yeah. Um, if Cincinnati offered more money to Dion than Colorado, you think he's taking Colorado over Cincinnati? No. Cincinnati's an easier place to win than Colorado. I don't know. Do you want rec- recreational weed or do you want Skyline Chili? Ooh. Uh, That's tough. Yeah, you probably don't want both either. That might not mix well. Yeah, I don't know if I. I, I don't know if I'd eat high Skyline Chili. Yeah, that, that might. Sounds, that sounds like a vomit-inducing. Yeah, that, that, that sounds bad on the stomach. Yeah, especially like an edible before that. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Yeah, oh man, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goodness, but I thought Cincinnati blew this. Uh, I hated that hire. Well, maybe it's getting Satterfield proves me wrong. Uh, we'll see, but I, I thought it was a mistake, and they're going to regret it, and I think that's going to set that program back. But to this, um, that Cincinnati program, Tom, you know, everybody thought they missed it when they hired Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville still won, averaged like seven wins a year. I mean, they might have, you know, just – Scoots the pooch hiring Satterfield here. But, I mean, the way that program's going and the way things have stabilized, I mean, they could still be even a seven-win team potentially with the wrong guy in charge. Like, part of what Cincinnati's done a, a good job of is the resources around that program have made it good even when they haven't made the right hire. I mean, yeah, I mean – Going to the Big 12, I, I think they'll get players that they normally wouldn't have, you know. And and I'm very interested to see, you know, I, I think the first year will tell us a lot, you know. And, and I think they'll benefit, obviously, from coming to the Big 12. 
And I, I, I'm, I'm very excited to see the Cincinnati team, see what they can do and see what type of uh, kind of competitiveness that they're going to bring to the Big 12. Like they have, you know, it's this is not like Tulsa coming to the Big 12. Like Cincinnati, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that lightly in terms of like, okay, you guys didn't already know that. Um, you know, like Cincinnati can be a good team. Um, I mean, look at I, – I see them kind of like I see TCU, right? Coming into the Big 12, you know, had some success. Obviously, TCU before they came into the Big 12, you know, had your Andy Dalton and in, in crew and had that recent success and then came into the Big 12 and then did struggle some seasons, but I mean, damn it! Look at TCU; they're in the fucking playoff. Um, uh, you know, as as a power five team, and, and went essentially undefeated until they met a, a very strong, resilient K State team that took them overtime to get it done in the Big Twelve championship. So, it, I'm I'm not saying in five years that I couldn't see Cincinnati had that same success. Or, you know, if it's not five years, give it 10 years. Or if it's not even 10, hell, give it, give it. You know, maybe we see that in, in four, you know. Um, I, I, well, that's not out of the question. It, it, it's it's the wrong hire. Um, if they keep fickle, I think they have a shot to make the Big 12 title game in their very first year. Not now. That's over with. I think that that's that's a pipe dream at this point. Do you blame Luke Fickle? Do I blame Luke Fickle for leaving? Um, why would you want to go to the Big Ten and be the number three program behind Ohio State and Michigan when you can dominate with – I think Cincinnati could be the best – be right up there among the best of the best of the Big 12 every year. That is true. How much money – how much money, though? What's the money differential? Uh, he got a pretty good good cut of the pie at Wisconsin. I don't know if Cincinnati I – mean, he, he's- He's is he so he's he's chasing the bag. I think that's what it is. That's what I think so. Um, I mean, Colorado. Let's bring that up real quick, and then we'll talk about TCU and the playoff and all this. Um, with uh, Colorado, uh, our buddy friend of the show Tim Brando is uh been going around the last couple days, and he's suggesting that Dion is going to bring Colorado back home to the Big Twelve. We've heard rumblings for the last couple of months that Arizona wants to go to the Big 12, but they want they need somebody to go with them to make said move. Um, that's one of the things I wanted Dion at, at Cincinnati. I would have loved to see Dion in the league. If Dion and Colorado come to the Big 12, um, prime time of the Big 12, that Colorado program, I think Dion's going to start winning pretty fast at Colorado too. Yeah, that would be that'd be electric. I mean, even if Dion wasn't at Colorado, I'd want Colorado in the league. But you had Dion to it. Watch out. He would be the face of the league pretty fast, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm scared of that. Uh, as a, a just as a Big 12 OSU fan, a little scared of that. Just he, you know, being in Boulder, that's a big party school. Um, not, <laughs> not to mention the recreational marijuana which should be on the ballot and is going to be on the ballot for the people's vote in Oklahoma. So maybe we compete with them, but 
damn it, man. I don't know if you ever partied in Boulder, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. And if you could play for a coach like Dion freaking Sanders, then why not? Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's the type of coach that, you know, I heard a lot of stuff happen in Jackson state. Um, a lot of scandal stuff that I think is going to come out soon. Um, but damn, if, 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 you know, Colorado, you've, you've heard the reports of, uh, well, we don't have the money yet, but we're going to have the money. Um, well worth it. Um, you know, for a team that shit the bed so hard this season, it's been, you know, back to the cupcake team. They have shades of, uh, they have shades of, uh, Baylor pre Art Bryles, and then the the turnaround. As much as Art Bryles is a piece of shit, but um, same turnaround I could see happening um, without the scandal. Um, I mean, Colorado could be Colorado could go from worst to first real quick. And you know, we also heard Brett Yormark say this past week that. They want to tap into the Pacific time zone. Colorado <laughs> Mountain Time Zone School, we'd take them anyway. But the Big 12's not done yet. We heard your mark say they're open for business. And you got a couple Eastern time zone schools now. You got three in Cincinnati, West Virginia, and UCF. You got all your central time zone schools. You got one mountain time zone school in BYU. But if you can get a couple more mountain and get into the Pacific, and I know Gonzaga has been heavily rumored, and there's been discussions as of late. Um, the, the floodgates are about to open. I, I, I know that we've been talking about this for, for months on end, but something's got to break eventually. I don't know if it's Colorado. I don't know if it's Gonzaga. I don't know if it's one of the four corner schools, whatever it may be. There's too much momentum, too much positive things heading this league's direction. The new TV deal and all this, that the fruits of their labor is not going to pay off with something here sooner rather than later here, Tom. I don't know what it is. Don't know if it's Colorado, Gonzaga, or whatever it may be, but something's going to happen. Yeah, you know, and if Colorado drops and comes, or you know, maybe they package the deal with Arizona. Um, I, I mean, I, I, that could very easily be the first domino, the first real domino to fall. Even getting Gonzaga at this point, I think would be a big win. I would, mean, yeah. Can you imagine the basketball? Then? I mean, the basketball is already unreal right now. Um, I mean, what you know, as as it as it pains me to say, golly, it hurts me. Um, last week, every Big 12 team in college basketball, besides freaking Oklahoma State, obviously, got votes for the top 25. It's the best. I mean, at, at this point, anybody that tells you that the Big 12 is not the best basketball league is is lying to you, is, is biased, is lying to you. It's, it's unbelievably competitive. It is absolutely the fucking English Premier League of of college basketball and and no one's even getting close um you know I, the big 12 stands to put you know as many as they can put in every single year in, in into the big dance and in this year you could easily put I'm, I'm calling eight yeah uh i don't know if there's enough wins to go around for everybody to get 
eights, but they're all. I mean, what, what last year? Last year was there seven? There's seven. I mean, there's there's quality teams. I just don't know if there's the wins there, but I see where you're going at for sure. Um, real quick, and we have more time over the next couple of weeks to break down the college football playoff and TCU in depth and all that. We'll, we'll get we'll we'll do that more over the next couple of weeks. But just kind of you know looking at this point here, TCU's in. They're the three seed, and we're going to talk more about this with Riley Gates too here in just a moment. But Tom, I think this all worked out pretty good. TCU loses a close game in overtime, and they weren't punished for it. Um, K-State gets their first Big 12 title in 10 years. They finish off the year strong. We get a great game. The ratings were incredible. 10 million people watched uh, on Saturday afternoon to see that game. And, uh, you know, TCU – is still A-OK. It also defeats the narrative, too, that if you're not Oklahoma or Texas, you have to go undefeated and make the playoff. Well, they lost one game. They still made it in. With them, the best-case scenario would have been if TCU would have, you know, won and just had no controversy whatsoever, you know, but but they didn't. So the next best thing, I think, worked out pretty dang well. TCU gets in, even with one loss. They lose a close game. Now they get to regroup. They get to see what they did wrong. Go fix those flaws. When you lose, your weaknesses are exposed. You have a chance to get better off that. Um, this could actually work out pretty nicely for TCU here. I mean, yeah, and and you know, TCU I think is very competitive, and I, I, I they have a high flying offense. Uh, you know, they get you know what three well they get a month to figure it out and they know their opponent. Um, you know, Sonny Dykes has, has been, you know, incredible for them. So, uh, you know, TCU should be rewarded for that. And they were, and, and, you know, I, I think the rest of the, what we call the hateful eight are, uh, rooting for, uh, the hypnotoad baby. And I'll say this though. Um, TCU did deserve to lose Saturday. When you don't go for it at the end of the game, in the fourth quarter, when you choose to play for overtime, I mean, that that right there, that's that's some pussy shit. And then <laughs> in overtime, when they didn't call a quarterback sneak on either one of those goal line plays, that was just stupid. Um, I hated shades of OSU last year at the end of that game, but hopefully they learn from it and they get better. I think that people could be overlooking this TCU team against Michigan. I can tell you this. I'm not picking TCU to win, but I think TCU is going to be more competitive than people realize here. For sure. I mean, they're not, you know, I mean, K-State that. You know, the way they beat K-State in, in the regular season, the way they beat them, they were down by what, like 17? Yeah, came back and win by 10. Yeah, I mean, and hurt the quarterback and yada, yada, yada. This this was already written in the in the stones, you know, for K-State to, to, to pull this off. Uh, this is written in the sky. And, and so, you know, K-State gets what they want. 
they, you know, you know, K State, golly, what they lost to TCU, they lost to Tulane, which actually didn't end up looking terrible, um, considering all things the way the T- Tulane had their season, and then they lose two to Texas. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I mean overall, you know, if a couple of things go K State's way, we're talking about the Purple Cats in the playoff, right? Yeah. So, well, and that's the other thing too. Like TCU and K State, obviously K State's just as good as TCU. You know, they they won. Yeah, you know, they won the Big Twelve title. This new playoff, that TCU team, that K State team that got off to a rough start, now they come in with momentum and they're the Big Twelve champs, and they get a seat at the table. And let's see them figure it out. That's Watch where out! This new playoff comes in where it helps out teams. Uh, like K State, who may have started out slow, but now they got it figured out. Now they're a force to be reckoned with. I mean, if if you threw K State in the fourteen playoff this year, I think they would get have just as good a chance against Michigan as TCU does. Oh, hundred percent. And and you know, freaking watch out, Nick Saban. Like, I you know, if if K State upset, well, I don't, I. I you know that's that's another interesting part. Is is K State beating Bama? Is that a how big of an upset is that? Um, Bama's got a lot of opt outs already. Um, and Deuce Vaughn has already said he's playing for K State. So, in a regular season game, yeah, that would be an upset. But I don't think with the circumstance. You know, bowl games are not what they used to be. I think in terms of a program win, that's pretty still freaking huge. It'd be one of the biggest wins in K-State history if they can pull it off. And, and when I, I'm not going to be shocked if they do. No, I'm not either. I'm not, I, 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 can't, I can't wait to see the line. I cannot wait to see the line. Well, the uh, line, I can tell you what it is right now. Well, I'm I'm saying like maybe a week before. I'm sure it's Bama by ten right now. The uh, line right now for that game, Bama is a three and a half point favorite. Oh wow! You know I'm. You know, uh, we'll talk about that when it gets closer. Obviously, when we pick that game, but uh, as it sounds right now, I'm uh, I'm a little homered. But give me give me K State. Okay. We'll see. We can't take the cover. Uh, more on the Big 12 transfer portal. Couch will pull up and more. Riley Gates set to join us next. Stay with us. Joining us now on the show this week from On3, one of their newest contributors covering college football and everything in between. We're here to talk about the portal and also the college football playoff. It is uh, Riley Gates who's here with us now. Riley, uh, appreciate you joining us, Ben. You're just telling me before we started that you were in Dallas, but you didn't get to see your caps in the big 12 title game. What happened, man? Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, one of my friends from college actually did a radio show with him, uh, in college, he was getting married and, uh, he had me in his wedding and I knew it was the big 12 championship, but I didn't really know if it'd be an issue. And then of course it, it did end up being an issue, but, uh, I, I guess that's a, a good problem to have, so to speak, you know? So, uh, did your buddy not think K-State was going to be in the title game? <laughs> I don't even know if he ever even once thought that it might be the uh, 
lining up with the same day. And I and I sure don't think anybody was thinking it after they lost to Tulane in week three, that's for sure. What a uh, what a turnaround. And uh, that Big 12 title game delivered 10 million people watched and went right down to the end, overtime, K-State gets it done. And, you know, I've I, I looked at it this way, uh, Riley, good for K-State to get the win and win their first title in 10 years. But for TCU, I was so glad the committee got it right that they still were not punished for losing that championship game, going to overtime, holding the same spot they held before. Um, for a loss, I think that worked out pretty well, as good as it could have for all parties involved here. Yeah, you know, I think – I mean, I was pretty skeptical that they would still get in with a loss just because of the way that the Big 12 usually gets treated. Um, but I think that with the type of fight that TCU showed and um, the type of season that they had, like I think it was going to be really tough to leave them out. I think probably the only way they were getting left out was, you know, like a 20-point K-State win or something like that. And honestly, it looks like we were headed there for a little bit um, with how the game was kind of unfolding. And then, of course, they did what they did all season long – fought back, made it a game late, even overtime. Uh, it was a heck of a game, and um, I, I would have been real disappointed if they would have been left out, not just because it would have meant that Alabama was – like, I didn't really care if Alabama or, or not. It was just, you know, a, a two-loss team that didn't play for the conference championship versus a, a team that just suffered their first loss in the conference championship. Right, yeah, uh, that, that's well said. And, you know, you, you look at it and – I keep hearing people say, well, talent-wise, Alabama is one of the four best teams. Vegas probably thinks so, too. But of the sample size we have, Alabama lost their two biggest games. And, you know, TCU dominated Texas compared to Alabama, who's squeaked by. So, I mean, you could, you could say, sure. I think you could say, Riley, that Alabama on paper is one of the four best te teams. But when they had a chance to prove it, they didn't. Yeah, you know, and I think that that has to count for something, especially considering the teams that they lost to. I mean, um, Tennessee was a really great team all season long, but then obviously they go and just get drubbed by South Carolina that kind of ended their season. And LSU looked like they were possibly going to make a, a run at the SEC championship, and then they get beat handily by Texas A&M in the last week, and then they, they just get run over in the SEC title game. And so, I mean – while Alabama still has the best players and, and frankly, let's just hypothetically say they were in, like, I really could see a world where they win the national championship. Like that's, that's kind of the, the world we're living in with Alabama. But uh, um, I think leaving them out was, was the right move. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't just get the, well, their Bama treatment um, and, and get one of those spots because I don't think that would have been right. Yeah. And uh, this TCU team, uh, we saw last year with Georgia that they lost the SEC title game, bounced back, and put two incredible performances in the playoff. Do you think TCU is capable of responding well to this loss that they suffered at K-State here in these playoff games, or do you think they're going to be overmatched by a Michigan team or facing potentially Georgia or Ohio State in the championship? Um, I, I think that's kind of tough. I think first off, like, we have, we have to find out like how they're going to respond. Obviously this is a team that hasn't lost a game all season. Like I was saying, they were a team that always battled back and always found a way to win. So we don't know what this team does after they lose a game. Um, so that's, that's really big. Um, but also on the other hand, on the other side of things, like I think Michigan's a really, really great team. 
full of a lot of great talent, probably better talent than TCU has. And so if they struggle and if they get, if they get throttled by Michigan, like, is it because they lost and they got thrown off their, their path or, or is it because Michigan is just that much better? Like, I think it's kind of a tough, uh, a tough question to answer one side or the other, because I really could make a case for both. I think Um, I would still pick Michigan in this game. I think what they did to Ohio state kind of shows the elite talent that they have. Um, But I I don't think that it would probably be a mental aspect with losing to K-State because um, this is a really good team that that had a great season and, frankly, was one inch away from winning the Big 12 championship. Right, yeah, and a team they already beat uh, earlier in the season uh, on top of that as well. So, Riley, with that, looking at the college football playoff of the uh, four teams that are in, what do you make of these uh, semifinal matchups here? What, What stands out to you in these two games? Um, I mean, uh, the biggest storyline is going to be defense in the college football playoff. That's that's what it's going to come down to. Ohio State, sure, they have the explosive offense, and um, it's it's a lot of fun to watch them go, but can they do it against Georgia? They couldn't do it against Michigan, and I think Georgia has a better defense than Michigan. And so, you know, how's that going to shake out? And then I think that the TCU-Michigan Michigan game is completely about defense. This is two defensive-minded teams. Um, also two, two, uh, run two teams that focus on the running game. Uh, if you're a better, I would probably lean to the under in that game because it's going to be a lot of defense and a lot of running the ball. So that clock is probably going to be ticking very fast. Um, it's, it's more intriguing than what we've had recently. Like last year with Alabama and Cincinnati. Yes. Cincinnati was the feel good story, but they were never gonna, they were never going to beat Alabama. They were never going to make a run. I really could see a world in where, probably three of these teams win the playoff. I, I don't think TCU can win the playoff. Like it's a great story. Um, I'm, I'm kind of pulling for him as a big 12 guy, but I just don't think that they have what it takes to, to win two games here in this playoff. Um, I, I've, obviously you would favor Georgia. I think Georgia's the, the cream of the crop of this playoff, but I don't think that this, like people just think this is the same Georgia from last season. It is not like, Yes, it's a great defense, um, but it's not anywhere near what they had last season. Like, it's just they do not have the – I think it was four first-round NFL draft picks last year. Right. They don't have that on this defense. So, um, they're very susceptible to be being beaten in this uh, in this semifinal game, I think, or even in the championship game. So, um, the thing with Ohio State is that while they obviously struggle to put a good defense on the field, you saw Michigan just pick them apart even without Blake Corum. Um, Ohio State can get you into a a run and gun uh, shootout type of game, and so uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see which side kind of comes in stronger there. Yeah, uh, for sure, going to be very interesting. And you mentioned you know Georgia, great team, not as good as they were last year, but uh, with them and Michigan both, we've seen them play close at times. I, I think about that that Michigan Illinois game, for example, the week before the Ohio State game where that game was probably closer than it should have been or Georgia against Missouri or some of these teams. I mean, just in human nature, you can't play your best every single week, but the, the difference I look at in this playoff Riley, if those, if Georgia plays, let's say like they did against Missouri, or if Michigan plays like they did against Illinois, that's not good enough. You're, you're going to lose here. I mean, these teams, yes, they are better, I think than their opponents, but I mean, you can't, win with a C plus performance here. Correct. And I think that that's, um, I think I I don't really fear that with this Georgia team, because while they had a lot of performances like that at times, uh, 
you know, Kirby Smart's an excellent coach, and and they have the edge here that these other teams don't have. They know what it takes to win two games um, and, and win the national championship. Obviously, Ohio State's been here before, a little bit different situation considering, um, you know, kind of the overturn of, of players and, and, and coaches and everything like that. But uh, Georgia literally just did this last year, and they did it. Frankly, I think Georgia beating Alabama last season is more impressive than Georgia beating any team in this year's field um, yes. for the national championship. And so they know what it takes. They know how hard it is. Um, and and that's kind of why they have that edge. So you, you definitely could get a performance like you were mentioning those those kind of letdown games. But uh, I think that Kirby Smart will have his guys ready. He'll have his guys focused. And they, they know like when the when the lights come on, when it's a big game, they they really need to step up to to the occasion here. Let's uh, let's shift gears and uh, move to the transfer portal now, Riley. I'm on <laughs> on three every day, uh, checking this out, and you know I know you've you've covered recruiting for a long time, and this is just bonkers. This takes this is recruiting's nothing compared to what we're seeing right now. I mean, just every day something's going on. Uh, you know, very good players entering the portal. It used to be in the past, if you transferred, you know, there was probably a coaching change or you were a backup, you weren't getting enough playing time. Now we're seeing quality starters on good teams enter the portal here. I mean, these are chaotic times that we've never seen in this sport before. Yeah, and it's it's out of hand. I mean, it really is. And I know that it's, it's good for kids. I get it. But, I mean, we're – the portal's been open since Monday and we're at over a thousand kids in it already. I mean, it's just crazy what, uh, what we're looking at here um, in, in terms of kids just popping in the portal every day. Like I literally, as we record this, I have a, I have a column on my tweet deck just with transfer portal and and there's kids popping into it every, every 10 minutes. It feels like, um, look, I mean, we've been having this conversation, you and me, uh, me and other radio shows I go on, whatever it, is the transfer portal good for college athletics? Like, and and I give you the same answer every time. It's good if it's used the right way. It's good that kids have the opportunity to to perhaps step down a level if they maybe kind of overshot their skis a little bit uh, going into the the power five level out of high school. But uh, for the most part, man, this is just it's it's crazy to try and see a home for every single kid. And that's what every single kid get thinks they're going to get. Uh, there's plenty of guys that'll go from power five to power five. There's plenty of guys that'll find a, maybe a slightly lower level um, division one home, but there's also a lot of guys, you know, two star linemen, three star cornerbacks that they'll be at a, a K state or a KU or a Texas tech and they'll transfer and they'll have nowhere to go. And they'll end up at, you know, Utah Valley or something like that. I just picking a random school out of, out of my, out of the hat there. Um, and it's just, it's tough because there's really no way that you can kind of corral it. There's no way that you can straighten it out. Um, I, I do not envy being a college coach right now, having to deal with preparing for games, recruiting high school kids. And, Oh yeah, you have to re-recruit your entire team while also managing your roster and going into the portal to find needs that, um, that your team needs going into the next season. So college coaches get paid an insane amount of money and it still doesn't feel like enough with all, all the hoops they got to jump through in this process. Well, and uh, with this year's rules, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I believe uh, no matter what, whatever it takes to get there, you're allowed to have, you know, you go up to 85 scholarship players to bring in this year uh, through recruiting or through the portal either way. 
uh, to get to that, that even number. And so with that said, with knowing you can completely flip your roster this year, I mean, the, the pressure should be as high as ever on these coaches, Riley, because uh, you can you should be able to rebuild pretty fast. There, there's no excuse not to find the players you need here pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a great tool for that. I mean, I, I let's look at K-State again just because it's one that we kind of know very well. While Will Howard was kind of the guy that led them to the Big 12 championship down the, the end of the season – they're not in that position without Adrian Martinez and getting him out of Nebraska. Now, Adrian didn't end up being exactly what a lot of people thought he was going to be or what he looked like he was going to be at the start of the season. Like he, he definitely did not meet expectation in terms of the passing game, but he put them in that position by, you know, uh, getting them some, some solid non-con wins early going down to Oklahoma and putting on an amazing performance. So um, you can easily fill holes that you need right away. Um, and it's it's great for for schools, especially with new coaches. I think of Matt Rule at Nebraska now, who he's going into a situation where he has to rebuild, but he's not going to get four to five years to rebuild. They're going to want to see results, and they're going to want to see him right away. So he's going to have to attack the portal. He's going to have to get some really uh, talented players out of that and, and give them a new spark. So I think that that's huge for a guy like him. Heck, we've seen it with K State basketball too, and not just football. It. Jerome Tang has a very competitive seven and one or eight and one team right now. And it's mainly portal guys. So for for every one situation where we can criticize the transfer portal and say, it's, it's not good. And um, kids are taking advantage of it in the wrong way. There's, there's a lot of good that it does bring. So that's why it's kind of one of those situations where you're going to go back and forth. You're never really going to have a strong opinion one way or the other that holds um, holds to be more true. It, It just comes down to, how much you're willing to tolerate, I guess, uh, yeah. of, of the portal getting bigger and bigger. Uh, some uh, big schools, uh, some power programs have taken some hits uh, negatively from the portal so far. Obviously, they can potentially rebound and replace them with other guys. But for me so far, Riley, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Alabama, I mean, the, the hits just keep on coming. They're losing some quality starters, those schools. Well, yeah, I think the the interesting one was uh, Spencer Sanders leaving Oklahoma State. That was one that I don't want to say it was completely unpredictable um, because I it definitely makes sense that he – I mean, he's just been dinged up. He's kind of been struggling uh, as of late a little bit. But uh, he kind of seemed like an Oklahoma State lifer, and, and Mike Gundy doesn't really feel like a guy that's going to lose a starting quarterback to the portal, especially when it doesn't really – it's not like they have this this star waiting in the wings, so to speak. So that one, that one definitely caught me off guard a little bit. Um, and yeah, you know, I just think that there's been some some very big names that hit the portal. Um, guys that, honestly, two months ago, you probably would have never seen it go that way. Um, heck, for the, until tonight, Drake May at North Carolina was rumored to be one of the biggest guys possibly going in. Now, he has since come out and, and and said he's not entering the portal, but it just kind of goes to show you like how, how uncertain this is right now with all the coaching changes happening and, Oh, I want to go play for my old coach here at his new school. So I'm going to hit the portal, even though I, I have a really good situation here. Um, and, and it's also getting to the point where guys are transferring in conference, which is absolutely wild to see because they could be playing for Oklahoma one season and, and then be playing for West Virginia the next season. It's kind of crazy. Speaking of West Virginia, like JT Daniels, he's off to play for his fourth school in five years, I think. Like, 
That's just crazy. I, I mean, he's the Ryan Fitzpatrick of college football, the first uh, ever journeyman of the sport. And we're, we're going to tell our grandkids that J, of all the schools that JT Daniels played for. So I, I'm interested to see where he ends up because I think he really struggled this season at West Virginia. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a madhouse. I, that's just kind of all I can say about it. And um, until that window closes, it's not going to calm down anytime soon. That's uh, that's something else uh, with those guys uh, going in. And we mentioned, you know, just how much you can flip a roster here. Uh, you know, I, I go back to what Deion Sanders, his uh, his speech to his team a couple of days ago. I think they got kind of taken out of context a bit, uh, you know, what, what he was saying. But at the end of the day, you know, the message that I think he was trying to deliver and that really, I think, resonates around the rest of college football you, gener- you better just be ready to compete. If, if you're going to stay, I mean, you better be able to work hard. Otherwise, they can replace you pretty fast. I think that's what he was trying to say, and that's what's going to go on in Colorado and really everywhere. Yeah, well, and it's it's because it's Dion, and it's because he's not giving people a fair chance, quote-unquote. That's kind of what everybody thinks, and I get it. I understand kind of a little bit of the complaints, but let's be real. That's that's why Dion's had success is because he's not afraid to, to tell people they're not good enough. He's not afraid to kind of put them in their place. And he knows that, look, there's a reason that Colorado fired Carl Doyle after just two seasons. Like he doesn't have talented players on that, on that team. So I had no, and then a video did come out today. Like he was talking to his team a little more privately and he's like, you guys are competitors. Like you'll, you're going to compete for spots. You're not quitters, things like that. So it definitely got taken out of context. Um, but that's just kind of the internet world we live in now where we, we love to jump to a conclusion and um, let a, a video go viral on Twitter. But uh, that's another instance where I think we're about to see crazy turnaround and, and probably very fast. Thanks to both recruiting and the portal. Everybody wants to go play for coach prime and, and now you can do it at the power five level. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, I know we only have a little bit of time left, so we want to ask you, uh, who are the top players you you like so far that are in the portal, and what are some possible destinations for some of these guys, you think? Oh, man, that's, uh, that's a really good question. I, I do think that uh, – I mean, I mentioned JT Daniels just because he's the the one that's kind of sticking out on top of my head right now. Um, he's, he's obviously one of the most popular guys right now. I, in terms of where he's going to land, that's really – intriguing to me um because you know he's kind of been in in all the all the various conferences so far and he's gotten a little bit of taste of everything but he he got benched at West Virginia late in the season so I'm not really sure that he's gonna be a hot commodity right now um so to speak like I just don't think that a bunch of people are going to be falling over their head over heels for to to go and land him so um I, I think it'll be interesting to see where he lands but probably not a move that's going to exactly light up college football. It's not really going to um, draw a bunch of headlines, I guess, where he ends up. Um, there was one tonight. Mississippi State had a had a running back, Dylan Johnson, enter the portal. It was very funny that he uh, he called out Mike Leach as he was uh, going. He says, Mike Leach is, is happy that I'm in the transfer portal. So now everybody's kind of uh, interested where he lands. But the biggest one right now, it did, it did come out today. Um, Storm Ducks leaving North Carolina, the cornerback. Um, just a, uh, he's a solid player, um, you know, and, and he's he's pretty well known in the ACC. He's probably going to be one of those guys that that uh, ends up getting a lot of big offers. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to follow which uh, which schools jump in on him. And and there's even been some lower level guys, D two guys that are 
are drawn the eyes of, of power five teams everywhere. So uh, it's, it's just as crazy as it is to watch how many are jumping into the portal. It's equally as crazy to watch who's recruiting them out of the portal and where they might end up. Well, and I mean, I look at it this way, Riley, it's go eat or get eaten. You know I mm-hmm. mean? Like if, if you're going to be successful in today's college football, you got to embrace this thing. You got to go get the best players you can. And uh, you know, it, it can't be something where you're not interested and in try to the, to focus on the traditional high school recruiting route. I mean, cause you're going to fall behind pretty fast. And we saw Texas A&M, they brought in an all time high school recruiting class and how many of those guys are already gone. <laughs> and it did not work at all. And so it just goes to show you that maybe sometimes the people on paper are not exactly the ones that translate to success right away. Yeah. Uh, Riley, I know you got to run, uh, tell people where they can find you and check out all the stuff on, on three, uh, I believe that there's a big deal going on in there uh, for signups. Uh, people can uh, check out with, with on three great time to sign up. I imagine. Yeah, man. It's uh, we, we are always turning out in terms of the national team. We're always turning out uh, content uh, left and right. I mean, it's just kind of crazy how fast our writers go um, and us in the editorial room are kind of trying to keep up. So the national teams always pumping out great stuff. Um, and then if you're a, a fan of a specific team there's there's uh specific offers for your team on on all the various sites uh it, it does vary um but depending which one you're looking at there was a, a one dollar for a year right now it's ten dollars um until the start of football season so if you're looking for looking for your team on on three we can definitely get you set up there and, and it's not going to cost you a lot of money to stay locked in on on recruiting transfer portal nil it's a it's a great site that we got going and, and really excited about the product that we're continuing to build and it's clean to read it's not messy like some of those others you know it's very all right there I, I love the layout it's great content riley and company doing a great job riley thanks for the time man uh i know that you're gonna be busy here in a couple days uh we'll uh, talk again down the line appreciate you joining us man absolutely anytime